You're listening to the Jason Lauren Podcast. Getting to know you. Who's your hall pass? Getting to know all about you. I'd say Jessica Alba, but to be honest, if I came home and told my wife, I think Jessica Alba wants to sleep with me, they would probably <laughs> laugh and say, go for it. Jason Lauren's Speed Mating. It's an awkward one to play when my seven-year-old son is <laughs> joining us we in the studio this morning. Do we have a little visitor this morning? But uh, uh, he's all right. He's out there drawing chessboards. So we are going speed mating because uh, you and I have only known each other for a short time. We thought, how can we advance this little relationship mm-hmm. along? Uh, so we locked ourselves in a room and we made the agreement we weren't going to come out until we each answered 100 questions. I wanted to go a thousand, just for the record. We would have been in there for a very long time. We're in there for about six and a half hours. You flew through yours though. You were more confident than me. I was a little. I was a little slower. Well, I didn't know we were going to spend an hour and a half on each answer. I thought it'd be <laughs> rapid fire. But, but you know. gee, we got some solid info out of each other, didn't we? Yeah, and I would say it was around question fifty that we both realised there is something that we are both incredibly fascinated by, and that is prison. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a jail? No, I'm desperate to go. I went to visit Chappelle Corby. <gasps> I didn't get... I went twice, right? I didn't get to see So you go to Bali. We went to offer assistance. We thought we could take her some goods. So we got out front and there was a lady there and she said, are you guys lost? And we were like, oh, we wanted to... You know, then I went all, we went all sheepish. We are like, we're hoping to go in and see Chappelle. She's like, you'll go in, you get given this form, but you should bring something to offer her. Do you need to know Chappelle to go and visit her? No. So we went back to the hotel. We were like, well, what are we going to take? We were like, clean undies. Yep. Maybe something to read. And I think some food. Right. So we got to that stage. We had all the stuff. And then the new prisoners rolled in. I shat myself. All these Balinese police with guns and the new prisoners are all in handcuffs walking in. In the same marshalling area that we're in. Just all sitting around. I was terrified. Did you say to them, are you here to see Chappelle as well? <laughs> and why didn't you get to see Chappelle? Because then they went through, they got processed. We sat there for a while and you had to give them your passport and we hadn't taken our passports. Uh, and I don't know if I'd be handing them my passport. Right. She was like, no, it's fine. They give it back when you leave. And so we we're going to go the next day. And the next day was the day that the guy responsible for the Bali bombings was being sentenced and it went like wildfire around Bali. Don't go anywhere near the prisons because there could be riots and all of this stuff. So we never went back. But then she apparently could choose. If she didn't want to see, she didn't. She would that, say no. That was my next question, yeah. Could she so, be yeah. like, yeah. No, she didn't have to. <sighs> Turns out I could have just signed up to any reality TV show in Australia this year and I you would have got to meet her. that way. <laughs> Lot to unpack there. Um... First things first, I don't think you should say I was um, going to see Chappelle and taking or something. Taking just, her goods. Uh, yeah, goods was sounded, a bad choice of word. Yeah, I meant that sounded, um, sounded dodgy. products that she might need. Clean yeah, undies. Right, I reckon that's what I'd want if I was in a Balinese prison. Question. Question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were saying food, like you were going to take a food. Mate, when I was in there in the marshalling area waiting to go in, a lady was going in to visit her husband. She had a slab of Coke Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. again, want to clarify. Bags, <laughs> plastic bags of fruit and veg. Again, clarifying. <laughs> um, so there's no sort of restriction. I mean, obviously you wouldn't be able to rock up with, you know, a couple of bintangs, but. I think there's different rules in Bali to what happens here in Australia, but it was really interesting and fascinating. And there's some great books that yeah. you can read about some 
prisons overseas um, I went down where there's huge, all kinds of things going down. Lou and I went down a YouTube hole the other week. We started watching, like, the world's toughest prisons. That is one of the best shows ever made. And then we got into Death Row. And oh, then, yeah. oh, it's getting, getting wasn't, a bit I wasn't like, you know, and then, like, we're watching that till 11 o'clock at night. Well, all right, let's go to sleep now. And it's like, well, this is a mood killer, isn't it? <laughs> like, sure is. Nothing's happening tonight. <laughs> um, you know what also fascinates me? People who... And I don't think there's a show that does this, but they should. People that have spent a long time in prison, and then when they come out, I would love to watch them like, hey, here's an iPhone. You know what I mean? Well, like stuff that they would just would not be used to. What exactly. Do you mean? Where's Video Easy? What's Netflix? It's almost a bit like a social experiment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also fascinated by people who work in prisons. Yeah. That is... I mean, I did an aptitude test at school uh, in year 11 where you go and answer all these questions and they tell you what job you might be good at. And, you know, I thought it might be something sprightly and fun or something for someone really intelligent like me. And it came back with a parole officer. (laughs) You seem like a hard ass. Can you imagine me as a parole officer? Absolutely not. You're listening to the Jason Lauren Podcast. Auntie, Auntie Lauren is not doing very well at parenting this Jason's morning. Jason's bought his 7-year-old son, Felix, in to visit this morning. Yep. and um, Tell everyone what you just bought my son for breakfast. Hot chips and a hot chocolate. Like, seriously. I asked him what he wanted. You guys he's an all... independent ma- young man. He's seven Finding years... his way in the world. Clint in the newsroom, they offered him chocolate Hang at on, 6 o'clock sorry, this morning. Just to be fair, I said, Felix, what do you want for breakfast? And I don't know what sort of a grown-up you're raising, but he said, dumplings and a sparkling water, please. <laughs> <laughs> Din Tai Fung isn't open yet, mate. That's unbelievable. It wasn't any of that Milo um, The Milo beer? beer. No, oh, I saw that floating saw around that. online. Um, hey, we're talking prisons this morning. Uh, Lauren and I are both fascinated by prisons. Funnily enough, in our uh, lock-in where we asked each other 100 questions, and we were trying to find things we had in common. Yep. One of the only things we had in common was that we were both interested, fascinated, you might say, by prisons and jails. I know I wouldn't last. Uh, and this man will back me up on this. Uh, Paulo Sutherland is a former prison guard. Uh, he worked at Port Phillip Prison, Victoria's largest maximum security prison. And he did that for about 20 years as a prison guard. He joins us this morning. G'day, Paul. Hey, Chase, how are you? I'm excellent, mate. Thanks Morning, so much for Paul. your time. Kyle Lauren, how are you? I'm great, and I'm fascinated by your life as a prison guard. I'm glad we're meeting under these circumstances and not in person <laughs> when you were working. Um, yeah. Paul, what a crazy industry, and, and Lauren and I are both fascinated by it. Um, how would you wrap up your experience as a prison guard? Um, well, overall, it was fantastic. You meet good people. Like Obviously, there's, they're not all good, but... A lot of it is situational and to do the job we did, you should never be judgmental and you just see people and, and it's quite strange. I met some of the most decent people in the prison. Paul, are you allowed to stay in contact with prisoners after they've been released, mate? Not if you're still working there. Right, okay, gotcha. So you've retired now. Do you have relationships yeah, I, with anyone you met in there? Yeah, I'm through social media. So I've done such a hard job and a nasty job and then people will still, you know, talk to you and... And well, respect, well, respect that you had a job to do. That's the thing. And also, you've got a good attitude about it as well, Paul. Um, hey, something I want you to clear up, right? And I see it in the movies all the time. When people go into jail, is it true you're not supposed to say to another inmate, what are you in here for? No. Oh, you'd have to. Uh, you know, you can. It's like you can say what you want. It depends on how you say it. Yeah, yeah right. that's right. Yeah. But that's just like 
life in general, really, isn't well, it? Well, I'm just saying, yeah. if I'm laying there chewing away 15 years, I'm going to run out of small chat. Um, what about <laughs> what about visitors, Paul? Because, like, again, you know, the scenes you see in the movies, uh, if I was visiting someone in jail, it'd be the glass screen and you pick up the phone and chat. Is that what it's like in person? Or are you allowed physical contact when you have a visitor? Are you allowed to hug them? It, it depends on the prisoner's behaviour. Your best behaved prisoners are on an enhanced level. Yeah, and that you. means their visitor and then could go out. So this is obviously before COVID. There's a lot that refuse visits because they don't want to put their family through. Because it, it's an awful process that you have to do, but it's necessary. Like, uh, you have to check babies' nappies, little kids. When they come know, to that, visit. Yeah, just in case they're yeah. smuggling stuff in. Oh. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking. You see little kids that come in and they know exactly how to go through the scanner. Yeah. You know, these are three-year-olds and four-year-olds and they'll lift their arms and lift their feet and... It's so important to the prisoners to see their family. You yeah. know, like you taught at the start, there's a couple of things you never mess with. You don't mess with their visits, their families, you know, their phone calls and their food. Hey, Paul, can I just ask, back on the searching families when they come in, you mentioned like going through kids' nappies and stuff. What contraband did you find over your time and where was it hidden? Uh, one I remember was inside a prisoner's mother's mouth <gasps> and... Um, she had some pills in there and they kissed, but it was a tongue kiss. Oh. It was his mother. Oh. Um, it's a dead sign that, you're passing on a bloody pill or something. Yep, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and where we were, they had a habit of they would throw it over the fence. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's like desperate because the chance of the prisoner actually getting it would be pretty small. Yeah, right. You worked with some pretty high-profile prisoners, if I can take the liberty to call them that. Yep. Um, Hoddle Street Killer, Julian Knight, Russell Street Bomber, Craig Maguire, um, Carl Williams. There's a whole – the list goes on. Some of those guys did some hideous, hideous crimes. Do you think that – it's Some appropriate to get a selfie. People, no, no, no not sorry, appropriate to get a selfie. Yeah, right. Do you th- do you believe after everything that you've seen and the emotions that you've seen a lot of these people go through when they've been put in prison? Do you believe that some people are born bad and that's it, and they're never going to yes. change? Yeah, you do. Um, what? Without a doubt, like you, you see some very hard, cold people, and it doesn't matter how you react with them, they never change. Um, especially when I first started because you had the older guys from Pentridge in there because when Port Phillip opened, it was where Pentridge, all the guys from there went. It, it used to be taboo at Pentridge for the prison to call you anything but boss or sir right, or mister, but that didn't work. Like the prisoners had a field day. They they would refuse to lock down. And, That's the sad bit. So. It's a reoffending. You know, it's a reoffending criminals that you know it's just never going to fix them. Hey, just quickly before we let you go, Paul, just so I know, because I'm always up for gathering more listeners for the show, can they hear us in jail? Are they allowed radio in the morning? Yeah, yep. On a certain contract, you can have your own clock radio. Right. So, does that by contract um, do you mean it depends what level of uh, naughty they've boy done or behaviour they've got? Yeah, as you go up in level, you you get more entitled to to different things like. You can buy more things. You get a bigger spend on your canteen. It's like oh. a frequent fly program, Paul. And it gives you a lot of options when, you, when you're talking to them. You know, it's so easy to say, why would you go backwards? You know, you're going to lose this, you'll lose that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and you guys are such a huge part of the rehabilitation process too um, and a huge part of society having great, strong men like you in there doing a really hard day's work yeah. to often help these people through the process. So, Hey, Paul, we know it wouldn't be easy Paul. looking back on stories like this, mate, so we really appreciate your time this morning. No, thanks, Jase. Thanks, Lauren. It's been a pleasure. Good on you, mate. Oh. Forget that job. I mean, 
What do you think? Do you think some people are just born bad? Yeah. Just. Why are you doing the sexy eyes when you're talking about a bad boy? Like I wasn't. <laughs> but I do, I think. I've always wondered that, though. If Some people are just. I think the real sad stories are when it's running in the family. Yeah, you know, it's so hard to break that cycle as well. Um, I think it's the same thing with, like, babies that are born into families with drug addictions really heavy and, drug addictions yep. it's a really difficult difficult thing to break the cycle i gotta say though i love his mentality and how he approached the job yeah like you know what i mean with respect and actually you know rather than treating them like crap he's there yeah. to try and turn their life around yeah and i guess you do have to have some kind of mutual respect when you're all in that environment but god you can tell paul has seen a lot of things i'd last an hour in there i wouldn't even give you an hour <laughs> I don't want to get off the bus. Just let me sit here. The Jason Lauren Podcast.